0: Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Christ Supreme series, where Dr. Jones teaches verse by verse through the book of Colossians to show that Jesus Christ reigns supreme above any alternative the world offers. Now let's join them for today's message.
1: Well, I'm invite you to turn with me to Colossians chapter four. In Colossians chapter four, and we're going to read verses two through six. Colossians four two through six. It says, "Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word." To speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains, so that I may make it known as I should. Act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. You may have experienced this personally or you may have seen it depicted on a movie or a TV show, but it's interesting when someone is on their deathbed and they have loved ones around them and they have the opportunity to give their kind of closing words, the last thing they want people to remember, the last thing they want people to do, usually what comes to mind is kind of what's most important on their hearts, kind of the main thing of it all. Now that can sound a little morbid, but it's in those moments where you kind of get to the end and you start to realize what's what's most important And we've seen that not on so much of an extreme side with dealing with death, but typically, if you've ever written a letter like like a like this, like a letter to the Colossians, but just any kind of letter or an email and it's lengthy, and at the end, when you get to the close, you typically give some kind of reminder uh some remarks, some things that you want them to not forget, to remember, to make sure you keep this at the forefront of your mind, to make sure this gets done. It's, you, you don't just sign off, but if you have one last chance, you want to make sure the most important stuff that if you forget anything else, don't forget this, and you, you put it near the end. At the end of this letter, you know, just after this is his final greetings. And uh, Paul is known to kind of give his uh, final, what I like to call his final shout outs. You know, he, he kind of go through who's with him and who's been serving and it's something great. And it's something that we'll look at that's very important. But here verses two through six are his final exhortations, his, his final commands. It's, it's come to the end. And now what, what does he want to say? The, the last things he wants to tell the Colossian church to make sure they do and he gives two imperative verbs. He gives two commands. And I know in our in our text that we just read, it can sound like more than that. But really, the other words are what we like to call in English participles. They, they, they kind of walk out. They work out these two commanding verbs. And he says, I want you to be devoted to prayer. And I want you to walk in wisdom. And the rest of the verses are explaining how to do that. He's come to the end of this letter and he's basically kind of put a, a cap on it. He's tying it up with a bow. He's he's creating what we like to call in, in, in grammar and literature kind of an inclusio where he's connecting back to the very beginning of the letter. And, and, and watch what I mean by that. At the very beginning of the letter, he starts off and he speaks to his calling. He's called by not by his will but by the will of God and he's called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ that means he has been given divine authority by Jesus Christ himself to take the gospel to the ends of the earth to take the gospel to the Gentiles to proclaim the word of the Lord and right after that he praises God for God's work in the spread of the gospel And he says, it's gone global, it's growing and bearing fruit. And he's excited about what God is doing in the world. And right after that, he excited, he gets excited and he's still excited and he's praising God. And he's saying how he always prays for the spiritual maturity of the Colossian church every time he prays. And from there, he works all of that out, the spread of the gospel and the spiritual maturity and what it means from who Christ is and what Christ has accomplished. That Christ has no rival. There is no match. There is no better option. There is no alternative when it comes to Jesus Christ. He is the truth. He is Lord. He is creator himself. And he works out what Christ has done in the body of Christ and who we are. And he comes to the end and he kind of goes right back and he's dealing with The spread of the gospel. He gets to his closing remarks, his last commands, and he wants to remind them, look, continue to spread the gospel as we continue to spread the gospel. Today's title is keeping the main thing, the main thing. And what's the main thing? Making Christ known to the world. That's it. Everything else falls in line from making Christ known in the world. And he says right at the beginning of Verse two, devote yourselves to prayer, meaning the spread of the gospel, the expansion of the kingdom of God requires it calls for devoted prayer. Now, when you think about devotion. I want you continuously devoted because the way he uses this word here is something that's ongoing. It's not just a one time thing. It's not an every now and every now and then type of event. It is something that is continuous. It is a lifestyle. And then he works out what this kind of prayer is supposed to be, what it's supposed to look like. He says that this devotion to prayer carries you being alert, you being wide awake, you being... (laughs) Fully aware of what God is doing, anticipating the return of Christ. That word that's used there is one that's a lot of times used when it's referring to the anticipation of Christ's return so that we may be alert in how we carry ourselves and what we do. He says, I want this type of alertness. I want this type of awareness when it comes to your prayer life and you do with thanksgiving. I love that because gratitude is all throughout this book all throughout. And he continually points us to thanking God for what he's done, thanking God for saving us. There are a lot of things we've been grateful for. Think about when somebody's done something for you that was above and beyond. Think about when somebody's done something for you that uh, you really didn't deserve, and yet they rewarded you or They showed you grace or they showed you mercy and you were thankful. This is the attitude we we share from human to human. How much more should we have gratitude and express our gratitude and our thankfulness? How grateful we are to our Father in heaven for him stepping in in our mess and in our filthiness and saving us. And us not having to try to get right to get back in relationship. We didn't have to make up for our wrong. And this is a... I M O in continuous prayer. We're devoted to this kind of prayer. We're devoted to this practice of prayer, but that doesn't stop there because Paul, remember he, when he wrote this letter earlier, he, he named some people. He, he kind of got an entourage with him, so to speak, you know, and he's speaking towards those serving in the ministry, those that are serving in the teaching and, and pastoral and, and, and evangelistic ministries himself, apostle Timothy, his his son in the ministry, Uh, Epaphras, who's bringing the letter, along with Onesimus, who's now giving his life to Christ, who is part of the house of Philemon, and they're bringing both letters, Colossians and Philemon, with him. You know, he's saying, pray for us. Now, remember, Paul's in jail. He says, pray for us that God may open a door for us to speak the word. Oh, man. And he doesn't just say the, the word. He says, the mystery of Christ. Now, remember earlier in this letter, he used that same language. He said, the mystery is Christ in us. Christ to the Gentiles, that Jew and Gentile in Christ make the one new person, the one new man, the one new humanity in Christ, belonging to God, sons and daughters of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the mystery of Christ. He says, I want y'all to continuously pray. Your devotion in prayer includes praying for us so that God opens doors, opens opportunities for us to share the gospel. This is huge because he's in jail, y'all. Matter of fact, he says he praying that God opens his door to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. He's acknowledging I have been placed in jail for preaching this gospel and I need y'all to keep praying that God gives me more opportunities to share the same message that put me in jail. When you think about how important this is to Paul, he's left this at the end to remind them and say, hey, I need y'all praying because we know this is all a work of God. And we're asking and seeking God to open up a door to give us the opportunities to share the good news of Jesus Christ. When I read that, I thought about myself growing up and, and before my ministry days. And I asked myself, how often did I pray for my pastors and the preachers and the ministers that, that, that God gives them opportunities to, to share the word? You no, know, we get used to the pastors and the preachers and preaching on Sundays and going to events and going to conferences and, and sharing. But really, are we praying for them? That God gives him opportunities to share the gospel to those who need to hear it, to those who don't know him. Is that part of your prayer life? If it's not, I'm encouraging you. I'm exhorting you. I'm calling for you. Make this part of your prayer life for for your pastor, for Rock Fellowship. Y'all pray for me. If you're not part of the Rock Fellowship and you're part of somewhere else, pray for your pastors. Pray for the spiritual leaders that God continues to open doors so that they can share the good news of Jesus to those who don't know him. And part of this prayer is, he says, so that I may make it known as I should. We hope this message
0: is blessing you today. Before we continue, we want you to know about Point Ministry resources. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. And subscribe to receive our Refuel devotional and view other discipleship materials. Our goal is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message.
1: He speaks to an an oddness. that that there's a specific message that needs to be shared. Pray that the preachers, pray that the teachers speak the message of Christ that Christ intends, not mix with the world. Remember, he says, don't mix. Early in this letter, he says, look, don't don't be taken captive by other worldviews. He goes on and says, don't be mixing Jesus with other stuff from the world other ideologies other religious systems other faith systems and practices he says no jesus is exclusive jesus is in a class of his own and pray paul is saying pray for me that i may reveal that i may speak as i should pray for your leaders that they speak the message that they should speak not a message that the world wants to hear those are two different things Paul says in another letter that they, they'll, the time will come that they'll gather themselves, teachers, to, to, to tickle their itching ears. The world wants their own teachers, and they will laud them up. They will applaud them. They will prop them up and celebrate them. But no, we who bring the message of Christ, who teach and preach on behalf of Christ, to point you to Christ, may we always speak what we should. And you know what? Well, we need you praying for us. He says, I I know this is a work of God. He says, God, I, I need the Lord to open doors. Pray that the Lord will open the door. Pray that the Lord will give opportunity. That he puts us in front of the people that we need to speak to. And then that we say what we need to say in the moment. You know what's amazing about this? He doesn't just keep it on him and the the kind of uh, vocational ministry, you know, the the quote-unquote professional ministers, you know, the the experts. He moves on in verse 5 to the church, to the saints. You know, we, we talked about this before in, in this letter, another letter, the, the saints, you are a saint if you have placed faith in Jesus Christ. He says, he's... he's Called for the saints to pray for him and the ministers, uh, the preachers, the pastors, the, 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 the professional evangelists, so to speak. The expert evangelists. But he says, now I'm transitioning to you, the one in the pew, the, the lay person like we like to call. New Testament calls you a saint, so I'm going to call you saints. To the saints, he says, command, act wisely towards outsiders making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. He transitions from his role and those serving in ministry with him to now your role as a saint in the mission of God. And he says, act wisely towards the outsider. The outsider he's speaking of, that's just another way of saying the unbeliever. Those who are outside of the church, those who have not placed faith in Christ. And he says, I want you all. I'm commanding you. I am telling you to act wisely toward these outsiders and make the most of the time. That you have with him now this is another way just above he says stand alert and this also another kind of phrase making the most of the time uh, in the sister letter in Ephesians he says making the most of the time because the days are evil this is another way of speaking towards the opportunities and time that we have and we don't know how long it's gonna be until Christ comes back and he says I want you to walk in wisdom Earlier, we see that this wisdom only comes from Christ. I want you to walk in the mind of Christ amongst, towards unbelievers that you may make every opportunity to show them Christ. Have you thought about your life like that? Like, really think about it. Like, really think about it. When we think about how we spend our time, you know, we carve out time all the time. Some of us, we set a schedule. You know, and, and during the day, we're going to spend so much time doing this and so much time doing that. Some of us, we, we schedule in like, some of, I, I got, at this time, I'm going to work out. I, got, I, need to, I need to eat at these times. This time, you know, I got to go to work at this time. Uh, I'm going to study. I'm going to read at this time. I'm going to watch my shows at this time. Now, what's amazing is how much time we can lose or how much time we can waste uh, as we scroll on social media, as we sit there and watch Netflix, Hulu voodoo disney plus he's giving them a call and he says you need to act wisely with the time you have and right here he's saying how you interact with the outsiders are you making christ known to the unbelievers and are you doing it with intention because christ coming back we don't know when we don't know the day or the hour We don't know how long we have. I don't know if I'm going to still be on this earth when he comes back or if my life will be gone. I may pass away. Am I making the most of my time? Are you making the most of your time? Pray for wisdom. He says, act wisely. When we think about wisdom, it's knowing what to do, what not to do, when to do it and when not to do it. In the Old Testament, it talks about wisdom is not just knowledge, but it's knowledge applied. You met people before that are real book smart, but then in life, not, they don't have a lot of common sense. You know, they don't, they don't have a lot of wisdom. They can memorize stuff. They know information, but they just don't know how to make it work. And you may have met some people that don't have any degrees, but man, they know how to make things work. That's the difference between uh, intelligence and what we like to call wisdom. He says, during this time you have, act wisely. This this comes with the understanding that when you're with this unbeliever, whoever it is, person A, you know how to engage him, how to act with him. And when you're in person B, it may not be, Like you do with person A and you know what to do and how to act in the moment. And I love this because he's saying that your life, because he says it's this walk. It's your lifestyle. It's your MO. It's how you live. He says it's your life. So your life to the outsider is to be a sermon. You are to be displaying the gospel of Jesus Christ with your life. But he doesn't just end there. He says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should. Answer each person. This is part of the walk. He says that your walk matches your talk. Oh my goodness! He says, you know, when your walk don't match your talk, it's like wearing mismatched clothes. You look a fool, right? Well, it's even worse because eternity is at stake. He says, walk wisely. Walk in wisdom. And what's connected with this walk and this lifestyle is that your words be gracious. One of the most unfortunate things is how people who profess Christ use their words to just tear people down. See, it's one thing to speak against sin. It's one thing to condemn sin. It's a whole other thing to beat somebody up with your words. It's a whole other thing to bully somebody with your words. He says, your speech needs to be gracious. Hey, now, that, 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 that's that word grace. It's, it's connected with that word grace. It has that root. That means uh, rewarding, giving what's not deserved. Meaning the words that we speak, it's not what anybody deserves. We're going to give them what God has to give them. And I'm doing it in my words. The words I'm choosing. How I'm saying, he says, in season with salt. He said, our words are not to be Uh, insipid is to be winsome it's productive it's impacting it's preserving are you using your words like that have you thought about that have you thought about your speech what comes out of your mouth and what you type on the keyboard what you what you post on your smart devices are your words gracious and remember, he, he's talking to the outsider. We looked at a whole lot of verses in this book of Colossians that talked about how we treat one another. Right now, he's talking about how we interact with the unbeliever. And He says, we do this so we know how to speak to each person. Again, with wisdom, we know how to interact, how to act with different folk. Also, we know how to talk to different folk. I understand What I need to say to this person, because this person has this understanding, walk in wisdom. It's about your commitment to ongoing conversation, dialogue with your father in heaven. And it's connected to your lifestyle of living out the gospel and verbally sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And notice he goes from what we would consider the expert, Paul. And those with him and to the saints, the average person in the pew that said yes to Jesus. You may be sitting here and you may be thinking, that's the pastor's job. The pastor's the one to go tell them, oh, that's the evangelism team. You know, they went through some training. You know, that, that's the outreach team. They go do that. No, these verses, these commands are for you. they for me and for you. And it's a God thing. It's all about what God is doing, because remember, right at the beginning of the letter, he's celebrating what God is doing in the spread of the gospel that's going global. This is one of the ways God has some amazing things that he will do in and through you. You will reach people that I would never meet. You will be able to speak a word and point somebody to Jesus that I myself will never meet. And that's an awesome thing because God is letting you know that you matter just as much as anybody else in the kingdom of God. And what God is doing in God's mission and he's calling you just like he's calling me, just like he's calling him, her, him, her, all of us. That's the main thing, y'all. The main thing is living for the Lord and making him known. The last thing he wanted to share was that I want y'all to share Christ. I want you to share Christ. This is what last thing, This is the last thing I want you to remember. Share Christ. Pray for us that we can share Christ and you share Christ. See, sharing is caring, meaning we're called to continue to share Christ. And we only do so as a display of how much we care about the Lord and how much we care about those around us. See, if you don't care about those around you, you don't care whether they go to heaven or hell. You don't care whether they know Christ or not. That's on them. You're good. That's a hard heart. That is not the heart of Christ. But when you care about the things of Christ, when you have the heart and the mind of Christ, when you care about the Lord, when you love the Lord and your heart is full of the Lord, then you care about others and you want to share what you have. You want to share the joy of the Lord that you have. You want to share the forgiveness of sin that you know. People walking around don't even know the forgiveness of sin. They don't know the joy of the Lord. They don't know the peace of Christ that me and you walk with day by day of how we can deal with all the craziness around us. They don't know that peace. They don't know that joy. They don't know that contentment. And you know what? They only come to know it. As we share it, sharing is caring. Let's make sure we keep the main thing the main thing. Let's not say yes to Christ and then think about building our own kingdom and our, our own lifestyle and our own, I'm good and I'm just going to enjoy the Lord. No, enjoy the Lord and invite others to enjoy the Lord with you.
0: Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the Christ Supreme series where we learn Jesus Christ has no rival and that he reigns supreme. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L-Jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air and we are grateful for your faithfulness. Also, if you would like to hear more from the Christ Supreme series, please visit daryljones.org. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.